say as on track as he usually does he'll pay more attention to chat and everyone this is your opportunity to shine all right this is your opportunity to bait steven into sharing things that he may may not otherwise get away with so you're saying you want to ninja loot some leaks or oh something yeah i mean why is it to come back to that dude what do you mean what do you mean dude i don't understand you all right we went Freaking 40 minutes into this damn show without one reference, and you had to go just slide it in there. The Pathfinders continued to travel the wilderness and found continued wonder in the shape of the world. Often they would break for a combat check to inspect their gear, train their skills, and plan the next path for the journey ahead. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Simorg, and I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back Daedalus. Hey, everybody. Also, welcome back, Cozy Faisal. What's up? <laughs> Friends, we had a we had a really good preach. I was actually not 100% <laughs> sure if I was going to be able. If you were wondering why we why is the music over and they haven't gone to the screen yet? I had to contain my laughter. I had the giggles. All right. Before we dig in, friends, Basil, look at you. Before we dig in too far, <laughs> I got to give a shout out to the home of this podcast, AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for Ashes of Creation. Also, a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week. Speaking of this show, if you want to do us a solid, you want to show us some love, it'd be greatly appreciated if you went over to iTunes and gave us a five-star review. Help us to grow over there, bump us in the algorithm, let people know this is a legit show covering ashes, and in fact, the one with the most episodes running to date. That's right, a little bit of a flex, because why? Because we stay the course. But you can go over to at Ashes Pathfinder on Twitter. Go over there, look for our pinned post right at the top. You will see all of the links to all the podcast places, except for the, um, well, the YouTube one needs to be fixed. So I'll probably do another one of those sometime soon. But you can find the iTunes link along with all the other audio links uh, right there listed for you. Go to iTunes, give us a five-star review, leave us a comment. If you do so, we will read that right here live on the show. Also, we'll play call-in. So if you want to call in to our number at 1-539-664-6801, leave us a voice message. We will play that live as long as it's appropriate. You can shoot mail to us as well over ashespathfinders.gmail.com. And, friends, we had a development live stream recently, so we have a lot to cover today. I need to make sure everybody knows... That whatever we, if we don't cover everything today, which is possible because that tends to happen around here. Although uh -huh. to be fair, to be fair though, um, it, 
this was a bit of a show and a tell live stream, and it was very heavily focused on specifically combat. So all the questions really were aligned with that for the most part. Um, so we might be able to get through it. If we don't, keep in mind, and this is a show note for you all, next week, okay, next week on Sunday, July 10th, there will be no show. Because Sim is going to be completely offline for one whole week. But I'll be back on the 17th with the next show. And that'll be episode 185, everybody. It's right. We are 15. We're going to be 15 episodes come the 17th away from hitting 200. That shit's happening this year. Oh, it is happening well before the end of this year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So buckle up, buttercup. That's going down. (sighs) Ah. Plenty of uh, Alpha One videos have been rolling out to Ashes HQ on YouTube. So those are going to continue rolling for you all. Um, that will not be interrupted. Community days still roll, although obviously this coming Friday, I probably won't have one here. Um, but anyway, overall, shout out to Skylark, the botanist, as always, for um, helping to gather all of the bullet points from the developer live stream that we are able to showcase over on Ashes HQ. We actually got it up the same day. I was not expecting it because we did our a regular Ashes uh, post-show, which we, I call it the Ashes post-show. Been doing it for years now after their developer live streams. Um, it was a good time, a lot of great chat. And yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get those those up in time, even if Skylark got them to me because my brother got married. My little brother got married on Friday. And nice. it, it was an outside wedding. I was sweating my ass off, but there was a breeze. I fought in the shade. I made it through and it was a good time. So I'm really happy for him. And uh, we still got the damn things up, even with all the stuff going on. So shout out to Skylark and homies there. It's it's good to go. It's up there. So I'm going to link it to you all because you're probably going to be wondering, oh, Sim, y'all are following some stuff and things. You're talking about all the combat stuff. Where can I see these bullet points you're looking at? There you go. Right there. Um, how the hell you guys been doing since last time? Daedalus, you had an article up last week. I did. I did. Yeah, I got an article up on the HQ on Monday and um, I'm actually chilling out for some more ideas and I actually got a a few really good ones today. So appreciate the community jumping in on that. Uh, Keep them coming, guys. Um, I, I, I need inspiration. I need to have my thoughts rise from the ashes. And so uh, I would appreciate any any feedback there and any comments on the articles that I have put up. Um, any discussion, I mean, they're up there for your mm. consumption and discussion. So hit me up. Basil, how you doing? You doing okay? Are you ready to harass me some today like we did in the pre-show before we got started? <laughs> yeah, I thought you might. Basil's like quickly become uh, the, the little shit brother that I don't have. Like another one because my youngest brother who got married is a little shit too. He's the troll <laughs> brother. He's literally he's literally the troll brother. And interestingly enough, his now my sister-in-law, right, is she's a little shit too. So the I was like... <laughs> I was I basically like had this thing and I was like, you know, the, you know, really great things, blah, blah, blah. The only negative thing I could think about with you joining the family is that now I don't have one little troll to worry about. I've got two. So that was my my thing. And it was, uh-huh. it was a good time. <laughs> it was Sky a, like, we're, we're going to double team yeah. later on. Don't worry about it. We'll it's plan like, out something. Oh, the sim trolls unite <laughs> in one God. glorious purpose. I've been... 
I've been mostly working on my cafe. I'm stuck Ooh. with a name, and I don't know what to call it. <laughs> really? So you're trying to find the name right now, and you haven't decided yeah. on one. God, do you have any interesting uh, I found, ideas? I found the place. I found everything. I know Beautiful. how everything and everything works. Mm-hmm. It's just the name. <laughs> don't know what mm. to call it. Yeah, I'm just thinking bloody dunes. No, that's not really going to work. Um <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea of Faisal's Oasis. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> hey, that's actually not well, you a bad... you can't use the, the bunny ranches taken, so well, you probably <laughs> oh don't use that. <laughs> that's so true. It's been taken for many years. I I, bl- I, I think I heard that somewhere. Daedalus, I think, maybe uh, told me. How do you know Daedalus? <laughs> okay, never mind. Google, man, Google. I the was Googling cafe. names for Faisal. Murder bunnies, anonymous. That could be really a bad idea, though, because then you kind of like potentially could attract like mm, serial killers and stuff. You don't want that in your cafe. Yeah. Bad for business. You got to go with something chill. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to do that. I've been banging my head on the wall for like a week. <laughs> oh, I'm OK with coming up with names. It's always good to like brainstorm ideas and then write them down and then kind of revisit them later. Mm hmm. See what you're going for. What what you want the essence of what you know, like the uh so what I'm looking for here. Like whatever you want the vibe to be, that's usually like your sort of guiding light, so to speak. Just be careful though, right? Because like you let the gamer stuff slip in there, you're talking murder <laughs> bunny shit, right? So try not to you know, try to think make- real, you know, real life non bunny avatar. Uh, you know, steak knives sort some, of stuff going on. You know, I'll just have a I have a corner just for you. Oh, where I'll just make a bunny with an axe on, on your forehead. <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> Beautiful, dude. Whoever dude. goes there, he gets a knife. Uh, if you get sent to the corner, it's bad more than one way, right? You 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 may not make it back. <laughs> You're in trouble. Go to the corner. Oh. Do I have to? Yep. Oh, goodbye, everyone. I just want you to know my last words are, etc. Fare thee well. And, and it'll, be, it'll be welcome to the shiny dome instead of the, the thunder <laughs> dome, right? Yeah, bloody dome or something, man. That's, ain't that the truth? But oh, we got the clips rolling, everybody. Welcome in, everybody. We got a nice big conversation around the um, well, around the daggum combat, don't we? And I'm gonna go ahead and just boop. I'm gonna toss that right on up there. We've got some of the footage from the developer live stream right there for you to view as we are rolling along um, where you'll get to see Steven playing one of the pirate elves running around uh, raffle stomping some things. Um, a lot of what you're going to see now, if you're not here and you're listening or you're watching on YouTube later, um, specifically if you're listening, um, keep in mind. Uh, you don't get the visual representation when you listen. So I always encourage people to be here when they can be live. It is definitely the full uh, snapshot of the show. Okay, so in the kit for this showcase that you see in the video, right, we got, um, well, Steven said Weapon Master. So I saw some people when we did our post show who were like, wait, Weapon Master? And I'm like, that's fighter, fighter, homie. Fighter, archetype, crossed with the fighter archetype, augmented by itself. Gives you the class kit of the, yeah, Weapon Master, right? So we got to see, like, I think I saw two, potentially three skills in there, but 
gentlemen, we've got the we've got the bullet points to chip away at here. Um, we've got plenty to talk about. We'll go down the line. We'll hit the Q and A stuff last. Um, although, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's some of that in the front end as well. So, what were some of the big things for you guys that really stood out for you the most in the sh- in the live stream? Can we just pause on the weapon master thing? Because that you know, yes. I obviously you know it was cool to kind of see some skills there that that the weapon can weapon master can do but the fact that they're they've got working multi-classing in the game and they're starting to build skills and now granted i i think augmentations Mm -hmm. were supposed to happen for alpha 2 yeah so the fact Mm -hmm. they've already got it working is a really positive sign yeah um and so that was like the i would say probably the biggest takeaway that was like wait what Mm -hmm. did he say weapon master and i had to watch the stream like a few times to confirm like in what context it was it was used but i i would say like my biggest takeaway is just the cleanliness of the animations the even just like the monsters and like organically how they spawned like there was just all these little things in there that weren't necessarily just about combat i know it was a combat focused stream but those are the things that i'm like i really noticed to say look you're not just one noting this right you're looking at a whole different yeah. set of things that are really starting to show how filled out the world is is has become since alpha one even um and that was like a big takeaway for me and plus the fact that now one thing that i will say i think you noted as well sim as like like it was kind of my opinion too watching it is that it looked really good feel wise i'm like i still need some tactile input i need to yeah. do it myself to kind of really get it Agreed. but just even like the difference between what they were showing in the like initial like alpha one let's toggle between the two and so on like they talked a little bit about like the you know they you know minimize the floatiness of the um of the split body motion it looked really clean and i think just the skills they showed off it just it felt like a good balance of um i would say what i would consider like kind of more standard combat um not going so far as like you know bdo like i'm gonna get a seizure by watching the combat thing it was just a good balance which i thought was um was i would say like the most encouraging to say that they've got this hybrid mode kind of worked out at least at the like that's this first tier worked mm-hmm. out really well visually right again feel and like how the controls feel and i know like steven talked a little bit about it and he says hey this feels really good but mm-hmm. personally i still want to test it but i think visually like w- how they put this together it, it was it was a really really good um showcase for me yeah i definitely i agree. i agree with most of what didless said but um i won't know until i try it <laughs> like i won't know if it's good or bad until i try it because we i've seen the combat change multiple times and um the feel the weightiness and the floatiness cannot be decided until you try it now that being said i think they have taken combat to the right direction um it's a lot less floaty there's still a little bit of floatiness but that's okay. I'm cool with that. Um, and they made it 
you feel like they made it uh they made it with more weight um that was a word they used specifically too right the weightedness yeah weighted yeah. agency yeah. yeah the only thing that i not specifically fear but when when the dude with the great sword does the entire spin move the 360 if spin he's able win, to do the 360 win. Mm-hmm. And he moves around like it's nothing. That's when I feel like it's too much floaty. <laughs> like that'd be a little bit too like that. I, I get that though, because I mean, when, even when they were stressing on agency, they the developers made a point to talk about how, like you know, they you know you want to have a little bit more uh, mobility for different like yeah. styles of combat and everything. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think if you if you get super. You have a lot of mobility with a skill like that. It seems like you might lose some of the the risk element that you could potentially have. And I, my thoughts immediately go to, okay, you're spinning the winning right there, there. You're tearing it up. But they could template drop some AOE on you that you're going to be stuck in, root you down, do some things like that. Yep. Um, so I, I totally get yeah, where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Some sort of I crowd do, control. I, I do enjoy the animations, though, and it's a very significant improvement. Like you're able to see the effects on the ground, the effects on the creature itself as well, instead of it's just being very um, plain when you attack. Right. At least. I just was really, I think specifically with the skills. Now I know we're just looking at like the weapon master. So there's clearly going to be like different effects and like visualizations for different types of weapons and like combat styles and class kits and whatnot. But man, I was just glad to see a little less of the, the kind of like glowy sort of stuff we've seen predominantly there across the board yeah. and these weapon skills like the the swinging of the weapons like the visualization that we got to see for not only the two-hand uh great sword but like just the dual wielding with the daggers like i just felt like it looked really the daggers looked just like that was beautiful like the way those the swipes of the daggers look and the way that they hold them which people if you're watching you get to see in a little bit here shortly but uh yeah, I was pretty happy with that. I mean, there was still like some floatiness too. Like shadows aren't connecting to the feet fully yet either. I look at that and I kind of realize it's not, you know, it's that's something that'll be there later. It's not really a, a difficult thing for them to resolve. It's just not on the priority priority list, I think, at this point. Um, I think my main takeaway, I mean, there definitely were some things that that Steven had noted in some of the Q and A's and everything. Some things that actually stood out, like there was, we'll get to it, um, but there were some things that he noted. Can I, I want to talk about this one. We're going to probably go through it in a bit, but early on, did you all catch when he said something about the map? He was like, I don't remember exactly what it was. I didn't quote him here, uh, but essentially he was saying something about like, he was like something about a future uh, upcoming live stream or something. And he said something about the map. When he said that, my thoughts were, and he, he's like, oh, I don't mind saying anything, left. we'll save it for a different stream. And I was like, I have a theory. And here's my theory. Do you remember back during the UE5 showcase how he talked about the 480 square kilometers was capped as a result of what they could maximize and do in Unreal Engine 4? Because I remember that. And I, I remember that. And I also know exactly how good Unreal Engine 5 is for world building, like how big of an expansive world you can actually make in the engine now with all of its upgrades. 
And when he said that, I was like, you're going to tell us the world map's going to be bigger than 480 square kilometers, aren't you? That's what I'm predicting. I'm predicting the 480 cap isn't there anymore. That's what I'm predicting. Yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree with you there just because of like the the pipeline improvements that they've got with Unreal 5. Knowing Steven, he's he's going to want to continue to push the envelope. And if they have the benefit of time now, time and efficiency, I think he's and, and obviously like there there's a lot of hires that are happening, too. Mm, right. I mean, right. we talked a little bit about that um in the in the stream too is like how many people are coming in and i think that like professional word of mouth is spreading and he's like really building out the team and i just i just get the feeling he's continuing to invest so that whatever the final product is it's it's gonna be it's honestly it's gonna follow the same trend we've been seeing this year so far i i just i just have a gut feel is that we don't know what we don't know. We have kind of an expectation. And I don't mean that like in a hype way. Like we have like, okay, this this would be a good baseline. And they go in and they show something, you're, then you're like, wow. And I kind of feel like that's going to be their continued like methodology to build interest. I'm not going to say hype, right? Because hype includes like unrealistic mm. expectations but continue to build interest. And I think that's why they're getting more industry interest. And I think, what did he say? It's like, I think it was like in, I'm pretty sure it was in the HQ update. They talked about, they had like a really large, like number of applicants. 400 and only took 400. Yeah. Thank you. That was a number. And they got 14 people out of that. So clearly, you know, and Stephen actually even talked about the interview process, which I thought was pretty funny too, is that, you know, what am I asking? I'm asking what MMOs do you like to play, right? And if somebody can't give a clear answer of like being dug into an MMO, because you, you'll you yeah. have that level of knowledge if you are dug in. If you don't, you'll just be like, okay, yeah, I dabble. Or I'm mo- more focused on this. He's like, he wants people that are passionate about making good MMOs. Um, and so, yeah, that I thought that was a really interesting conversation. But 14, yeah, 14 out of 400 He's definitely trying to get, you know, get the cream of the crop there. I've just yep. the past two live streams when we had the seasonal one and then this last one. I don't know what it is, man, but just hearing those devs on there talking all techie kind of gives me a nerd boner. Like real talk, it does. It, it just it hits the hits the spot, man. I'm like, this is good, dude. These guys, you hear it, man. Like, you know, your stuff. You're passionate about it. You're excited about it. You're talking about pushing limits. You're seeing what you can do. Steven's supporting that. And it's just, ah, it's hard not to be super excited about like the direction this game is going. But realistic perspectives, yeah, of course. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, this was phenomenal. We have to give them kudos because they've clearly nailed combat. Man, I can't say that till I've been in there. They got them damn archetypes done. I'm able to play with the specs and everything, and it feels fluid. It feels good. It feels rewarding. And I'm picky as shit on this stuff. I really yeah. am. I, I've got faith in them. I love them. I want them to do great, and I can't wait for Ashes. But I, I'm picky about about this i'm 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 pretty picky about combat like if the combat system sucks i just like i'm like ah if it looks boring i'm like yeah it can totally turn me off to a game it absolutely can 
Yeah, and I would say like the way my approach is, I was happy with what they showed, but I'm still cautiously optimistic sure. about about what the final product is going to look like because we obviously and then this was intentional, right? We only saw like this first like melee update, right? And we saw sure. both ends of the spectrum. So we didn't see like what that middle of the road is going to look like because that mm. to me is going to be important. And I kind of feel like, you know, bards are going to be kind of in that middle, I would expect. Um, I don't know for sure, right? Yeah. But I kind of feel like they might be um, or they might be kind of something completely different um, depending like, I guess I'm assuming like melee bards. But I think we haven't also seen the ranged combat component. We haven't seen magic as well, right? Which the magical like animations, I know they've been fine tuning that as well, you know, and they did even fine tune it between like, you know, mm -hmm. the, the alpha ones that we had. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do feel like they're they're trying to build some momentum here. And I think the call doing the iterations was definitely the right one. Because um, especially because of the the methodology they're using in mm. general to run the development cycle, when we talk about agile, and I don't know who all is kind of familiar with that, but it is definitely like we've got you know bits of work that we're doing, and we have sprints that we're building yeah. upon that, and we're iterating as we go through those sprints. So if something isn't exactly right or how we want, or honestly, we get feedback that's constructive and good that really helps move the design forward, then they're incorporating that. And that's kind of, that's that's mm. good to get feedback at different stages of the process. Um, right. So yeah, that's, um, that's honestly like, for me, that was like one of the most encouraging parts of the whole process and the, and, and the, um, I think in the real positive takeaway from that is that knowing it's not a final product, obviously, but knowing that there's there's continued room for fine tuning, because when you get to the tail end and everything's kind of set, it's much more difficult to make changes. It's not saying it's impossible, mm -hmm. but there's so many other things that you've done and choices that you've made along the line. Um, and I totally agree with you with the having the devs on it. One of my most favorite pieces of content that they've done has been their dev diaries that they've done where they've talked a little bit about it. And I know those were, you know, some techie, a little more maybe information light, but continuing to do something like that and kind of having those dev diaries almost live was really good because it helps you understand their thought process, Absolutely. which is a, a lot more, I think, is just as beneficial to me as actually seeing something in action. I, I would agree. I feel the same way about that. Absolutely. I also want to add is um, I like the fact that they're showing this to us um, mm. and the way that they're going to take development for combat, um, how they're going to take it to stages and show it to us bit by bit. Yeah, for sure. To get feedback and us being on the ride. So. I agree. Yeah, I know we talked about that last week, but I, don't, I I agree. I don't think I can say that enough. Like, that's mm. it, it. Seems like lately too that that's the thing that I feel is missing with not just games, but I mean, I look at some of these like TV shows that are developed. I'm not gonna try to like drag them through the dirt here, but I look at like the Rings of Power that's been developed by Amazon. I look at New World, 
game by Amazon that Amazon Game Studios developed. You look at freaking Wheel of Time, Amazon Game Studios. I hate to say that I'm sitting here and bragging on Amazon. Um, you know, you can look at Blizzard, too. I mean, Blizzard's been guilty of this sort of thing, too, where you sort of, like, bring people in and give them a snapshot at a point when really their input's not going to have, have as much you know, potential impact on where you're gone. You've gone because you've designed certain things to a certain point and cost benefit analysis is very unlikely going to reel that back at that point. Um, or just the bigger point, which was why I started out saying this in the first place when I talked about rings of power, wheel of time and all that is, you know, community has been like just blowing up and really not happy about some of these things that they're doing. And from my perspective, the missed opportunity is you're not having community engaged with you along the way, right? So I see these examples of things that are just kind of going to shit from my perspective, at least in my opinion. And then I look at what Intrepid's doing and I'm like, just dude, how it's kind of like, ah, it's kind of like a sigh of relief because man, that would suck to be waiting for the game's combat system and everything. And then one day they just open it up and say, okay, we're in beta. Cause y'all know we've been in that situation where it's like, when do we get to test the game? Well, like two, three months before it launches, they're not changing anything at that point. You know, that was my experience with um, elder scrolls online, right? Played that in closed beta. You, you weren't really helping them to make any decisions on some of the things their design philosophy was set. They were going hundred percent in the direction they were going. So it was really about performance testing for like large scale with a lot of people and stuff. It wasn't about, this like collaborative sort of effort to like go, oh, let's gauge community sentiment. Okay, what what are we willing to incorporate in, change, modify at a place where we can do that and then sort of build upon it? I mean, Intrepid's probably the only game studio that I've had awareness of, uh, specifically an MMORPG where they're doing combat and actually going, all right, let's gauge community sentiment on this and talk about where we can make changes this isn't the first time they've done this either they did this they've done this multiple times in the past as well this is just you know from my perspective probably a point when it's going to have a lot more weight weightedness to it i think but it's just a really good vibe so happy to see yeah and 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 i think there's there's two c's or one of two c's that a developer can focus on that we've seen recently right Mm -hmm. one is coin purse Yes. The other is community, <laughs> like what you just said. Yeah. True. And we, you can very easily tell yeah. who's focused on coin purse versus community. I agree. Uh, and that's and that's the differentiator that we have now. And that's what I'm hoping, like, not only just for the betterment of Ashes of Creation, right, but betterment for the industry, mm-hmm. that the industry is really taking note of that. And And I don't know that they will really internalize it until ashes launches and it achieves success because that's usually when the industry sees a disruption and kind of internalizes it and 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 tries to get there i just hope that they're continuing like all all these other developers new triple a what have you continue to kind of see how much positive um how much of positivity can be created by focusing on community right and i'm not saying that like every idea is great but still just focusing on kind of having a vision understanding what the community is looking for and delivering that 
versus saying, okay, well, I'm just going to put a bunch of little things in there that I know incrementally are going to make me money. Because in the long run, we've seen in other games, right, that that's a, that's a very short, um, short cycle. New right. World had it. Um, Diablo Immortal had it. You know, there's a number of games out there that had that burst of activity because everybody's like, oh boy, something new. And then it completely goes down the toilet after that because people realize this isn't this isn't the level of quality that I as a gamer am willing to invest time in. And then it becomes an uphill battle after that. Why do that to yourself? Why put in all that rework when you can in the long run save yourself money as a company, mm. make more revenue as a company if you just do it right the first time? And I'm not saying it's going to be 100% perfect, but if you have those tenants out there and you focus on those tenants, there will be success because you will make a good quality game. We've seen it in recent games too. There may not have been like a, a ton of community engagement in other games, but they were focusing on things that weren't nickel and diming gamers. They were focused on a quality experience and and kind of focusing on that aspect of it. Um, and I think that's important. There were definitely like some things that I felt like sort of slid under. I'm not going to say like really under the radar as much as it was just like kind of like a nice thing to slide in. Like one of them was we're looking at these creatures, these like uh, rock creatures. He's like fighting in this essentially. And I saw that and I was like, okay, so there's a nice representation, something they didn't even really like acknowledge out loud. But I mean, that was literally the model for the uh, light, was it the uh, light pack set that we had back in like the fall or whatever? Remember? Except that rock creature had like gravestones on it, had like, uh, you know, it's going to have like glowing yeah. effects and all that stuff. So it's like, there you go. It's another great example of how like the cosmetic stuff that you see really uh, get utilized, you know, in the, uh, in the game. Uh, the other thing was... One thing I would yeah. love them to to do is mm -hmm. one of the animations or abilities those rock big rock monsters can do is pick mm -hmm. up the small ones and throw one at you <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> it, it was cool how they like pulled the rocks out like pulled them out from the ground you know yeah. i thought that mm -hmm. was cool because like the normal thing i'm used to seeing is like throwing rocks down at you maybe picking up some stuff and throwing it in a line but these guys like pulled it out and it sort of came up out from under the ground and hit hit his character which i thought was actually pretty cool little things just little things i thought was interesting like a different way to do it but you can see right now this those freaking dagger swipes look so good and then there was like that interesting like ground pound ability which looked very satisfying but it was like not really right in front of you it's like he pulls out this like axe and thumps it down and it's literally like the circle but it's like what, like several feet out in front of him, which was, it was interesting. So it's just interesting to see like what they're kind of playing with. Um, but it looks very satisfying and it certainly does look like they've iterated upon what they did back around the end of Alpha 1 and have kind of like moved forward with that, that like sort of ideology of how they want to make it weighted, make it feel more fluid. You know, players having a little bit more agency and sort of like, their, their play style, I suppose, which was just good to hear. 
because we like that. I want to I want to like raise some special attention. If anybody's ever watching Steven, notice whenever he gets into his like zone, which I was laughing about this a lot. And uh, we were t- <laughs> talking about the post show. I'm going to tell you what someone in our chat said that day because I had to share it. But he's like, he gets into it and you see him starting to do this a lot. He does like this and he puts his hands out and he talks like this. And he's like, you know, kind of like does this and this. Then he puts his hands on his waist and does the Macarena. He does this. And as that was happening, I was laughing. And you know what someone said? They were like, those hands, this was Alpha Wolf said, those hands could sell ice to an Eskimo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was was pretty funny because you know he could, right? He could. You can tell when things are going good because Steven like gets into zone and he starts getting really animated with it and all this. And you're like, uh oh. And there was a moment when he was doing that where he started to get really like um, he was like really bolstering in, in his moment or whatever. And I saw for the first time the look on Maggie's face that I remember Jeff used to get when he looked like he was sweating or something. <laughs> I think someone clipped it right when we were watching it, but it was hilarious. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jeff's not there anymore, but but Maggie looked like she was like had that look on her face, and I was like, oh, he still does it. It's a little more subtle, but it still happens. So it was a good still time. Still does it, yeah. <laughs> he was, oh man, it was good. It was a good time. And this is getting better at it. That's a fair <laughs> point, man. He doesn't. Yeah. He hardly leaks at all anymore. She's got him trained so good on those live streams. <laughs> But, he, but every now and then, the kryptonite gets in there. He and, does get in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can't help himself. It's like, we need a little more of those moments, right? We just, you think we'll ever get a moment when he'll go, well, they'll do the, the live stream and she won't be there? I think that's going to be the moment. That's her opportunity, right? Because if she's not there, I don't think he'll stay as on track as he usually does. He'll pay more attention to chat. And everyone, this is your opportunity to shine. All right, this is your opportunity to bait Steven into sharing things that he may may not otherwise get away with. So, Margaret, you saying you want to ninja loot some leaks or oh something? Yeah, I do. I was to come back to that dude. What do you mean? What do you mean, dude? I don't understand you all. Right, we went freaking forty minutes into this damn show without one reference, and you had to go just slide it in there. unbelievable why don't we get to uh talking about the stuff and things on the uh outline okay cool thanks so one thing we we're going to talk about too too much here um the dev discussion on gear color customization is on the forum right they got another one that's going to be coming cosmetic swapping over july 13th they spotlighted a comment again which i thought it was really good that was related to seasons And I do want to preface, this is kind of like a post-preface, if it makes sense. I should have said it earlier. But all the combat stuff we're talking about today, like, keep in mind, this is all, like, early iteration. It still is not representative of what they're going for. Um, I don't think it would be fair for me to, like, sit here and talk about this and not, like, share that, right? It's important to keep in mind. There is a lot that is still subject to change. There's a lot of community feedback that you can... you can share in, right? This They made a very strong point to say, hey, if you're not on our forums, if you're not in our Discord, specifically forums, because that's where they really pull 
um, their their the, the answers or the questions, the question and answer sort of portion around uh, these different developer questions, combat mechanics, things like that. You want to have a voice. They really take a lot from the forums and really work with it. They really do. They've done a really good job with it. But they said that this is all basic weapon attack that they were showing us, okay? It's just a small chunk, right, that they've iterated upon from Alpha 1. It was meant to be focused on directional movement and fl uh, functionality, which is a big part of, um, you know, what we've kind of struggled with is like this idea of root motion and split body, right? And the components that are related to the visual effects and the animations. And uh, we've got a clip actually called Ninja Leaks from Alfina. Yeah. You all are so proud. I know watching right now. You mo you all in your moments to shine. What can I say? Congratulations. <laughs> clip, the, the clip queen has done it again. They said that this update is focused on the feeling that basic weapon uh, combo attacks, future updates will unveil additional aspects of combat, including ability systems, class rotations, visual effects, pipelines, and ranged attacks. So I know some people were hoping we'd see some things related to like the bows, et cetera. Sadly, that did not happen. Although I am with you all very, very curious um, about, about like what they're going to be going for with like the projectile based sort of weapon attacks, um, specifically like the bow, right? Cause we saw, we saw a hit scan versus physics in APOC. So very curious where they're going to go here. Um, okay. There, there was a particular Q&A point, and I'm going to state this now because I, in case I forget it later, there was a point, and we'll probably get to it in the Q&A, where someone had said, had asked about, and I believe it was off of the live stream that Margaret gathered the questions, and I tried to at Margaret and the and Ashes of Creation, right? But it was not well-timed, and I tried to ask for clarification on this, and it's something I'm going to... Hopefully we'll see some clarification on, but the question was like, Hey, are there going to be blah, 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 blah. And then they end the question was animation canceling. So they talked about ways to mitigate different things like damage mitigation, dodging, things like that. And then animation canceling. Oh dear God, please no animation canceling. Okay. But it was at the end. Steven said, yes. And I'm a little concerned that it was actually a yes, and people might think that that's going to be in there, and I don't think it is, and I really hope it's not, because animation canceling causes a lot of problems between client and servers, like data centers. Like, that could be a big issue. It's one of the ones that the Elder Scrolls Online struggled with since the beginning when it can't, comes to animation canceling and blocking and things like that. They've struggled with desyncing between server and client for ages and has never gotten... Um, never really gotten that much better, right? They've tried, it's been a problem, continue to be a problem. Animation canceling is different than like skill canceling, right? So yeah. I just want to put that out there. Animation canceling is like, you cancel the animation, but the thing still goes through, gives you more time to do something else. People don't always see that it's actually happening. So a lot of times people think they're getting botted on or people are macroing on them, things like that. Um, but it can cause like issues with calculation. So that's like one of the things. Um, that's one of my things, right? Please, no animation canceling. I don't think that he actually um, was saying yes to that since it was like tagged on the end. But that's something I'm going to be looking for. Okay, cool. Stated it. There it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I know that's my thoughts was skill canceling. But when someone says animation canceling, you know exactly what that means. It's very different than skill cancels. Um, okay. 
Any thoughts before we move forward, gentlemen? Because we're going to start hitting the bullet points. We're going to rattle on through it. I hope y'all are watching uh, yes. or looking at this as well. And you oh, have one I comment see. that I'm I'm hoping that they do cover yes. in a future stream around combat. And it's like the a, the template piece in terms of like how they're going to visualize or allow players to visualize like templates. Like one of the things that I notice is like that skill that they had, like the hammer coming down. I mean, mm. it, it was kind of, mm. it was, it was a skill check, um, obviously. And there was like different like areas where like when it hit, it was like, it was nice. It was big and yeah. it could, mm -hmm. and it felt like it could miss more often than it could hit without maybe a proper template. So again, I, I know, um, that is something that they've maybe talked about in the past is they want to do like some sort of templating. So I'm, I'm hoping that they cover like how that's going to work and like, you know, what they could, what you can do to visualize that. Cause I think that was, that was really good. And, and also there was a point, I think somebody questioned somebody had, and maybe we'll get to it, or, but I don't want to preempt it too much, but how customizable the floating text was. I thought that was really good as well to be able to kind of have like that as part of the UI too, which um, I think they talked a little bit about like, you know, why you can't see the UI. I'm expecting it's a work in progress, but I really can't wait to see what they're planning for the UI there too. So those were the other two points. And I'm like, mm, made me think about like future, what the future is going to look like there for those two things. Yeah, I definitely can understand your thoughts on that one as well. Well, you have any thoughts on that, Faisal? Not really. Um, yeah. The thing is, uh, and this is just me when I play MMOs, if I get a UI, that's what I play with it. I don't go for third party at all. <laughs> yeah, same. Like, I don't dabble on that. I, I try so hard. Zero information on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like pretty big fan of just give me the bread and butter in the game, period. Yeah. My, it's always my jam. Like, I prefer it to just be in the game. I don't want to have to go outside of it for anything, right? Like, you can still, like, theory crafting and stuff, that'll happen. But, yeah, specifically things like when you get the, the domain of add-ons, I think that's where I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, hate, uh, I'm a recovering add-on junkie, so yeah, I've I'm, been I'm actually glad that I'm going to have to go cold turkey and ashes. Yeah, and that, But they also give you a lot of configuration options, or at least their plan is to give you a lot of configuration options, which is good. Yeah. I like you know, having like the ability that I've seen in some like like playing with scale and being able to move things around and like that is probably the thing that I would I can't do without. I need to have that ability. If I've got that, I don't need like all the other like bells and whistles that this kind of really um plagued other games. Yeah, I definitely feel that way as well. It's like one of the things that I like, I mean, you know, we they even talked about it here, too, as they were specifically as we're watching this right now. We see all the numbers popping in different colors and them talking about being able to adjust the different colors. I think that's going to be super awesome. I think even Margaret specifically said something about like as a creator when I'm streaming and I'm showing things off, like being able to change that to maybe fit like the color kind of scheme of like my overlays and stuff, um, which I thought was a really good, uh, really good thing for her to say, because it's a. It's just really cool when we can do that, right? To kind of like give it your own flair and, and sort of like structure it in the way that is going to 
feel more you, for example, red and black. I kind of dig the colors. That's my that's my jam. I like red and black. They that's part of why this isn't a dark sim thing you all are always talking about. That's not real, right? That's a false narrative, right? Lies and slander, all these like false narratives that are like weighed against. Whatever me. you say, Sim, whatever you say. Exactly. We all call you the Dark Lord. The, the last part. See, we're doing good, man. I think we were in the same camp until that last part <laughs> happened. And then Daedalus goes, as you're saying it. <laughs> In Chad, hashtag Dark Overlord. Unbelievable. I mean, you mm-hmm. know who else was like red and, and black, though, too, right? Like, you know, uh, very classic villains like Darth Vader, who is also a Dark Overlord. Okay, so I'm, I'm, Deadpool's I'm starting red and black, <laughs> and he's kind of in the middle. Gr- okay, he's, he's, he's kind of he he's an anti-hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pulling off that shit I'm feeling like I'm having a Princess Bride moment I don't think uh, you t- It means what you think it means, Sim That's funny as hell <laughs> Yeah Hey, welcome in friends in chat This is, a, this is another day in the life right here This is the, the norm Let's hit on the bullet like points some, And he likes it I, <laughs> There's no evidence to support The old well, uh, Combat development Hearsay. has always been an iterative process, right? The exercise of understanding the specific combat requirements for Ashes meant approaching combat with a ground up answering individual question about hypotheses of what they believe to be good, right? They talked about the pillars of combat being weightedness. One of the things I'm balancing with weightedness is like the fluidity in combat, right? That's the thing I'm always going to look at. I definitely saw it there with the the dual dual wielding daggers vibe right that felt good some people were saying maybe it's a little too mo- little little bit too much and i actually felt like it looked just right i think there should be a difference between when you're using a, a weapon such as like a two-handed great sword and you're doing these heavy weighted swings like you should have a little bit less mobility and fluidity in your combat as a result of the fact that things massive and takes some strength to pound right man if you're using two two great swords and and you're trying to do a basic attack i'm i'm expecting you hit by tomorrow nothing sooner than that (laughs) yeah and there was like something else people talked about too which was like you remember how we had the they were tinkering with weapon passives and stuff we were thinking there might be actual like skill abilities you get with weapons, but it doesn't sound like that's part of the doesn't sound like that's going to be a thing. And I know some people, including myself, even thought like maybe we'll end up seeing something there. Maybe not like a full set of skills for each weapon, but just like maybe there would be something there. And it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. So it sounds more like whatever we get is going to be passive stat attribute sort of stuff, um, because Stephen was saying it's class kits. Which I'm actually happy with. I'm cool with that. I would be totally good with that. Which actually, who was it that brought this up? I think actually, was it Velmist Warden actually brought this up on YouTube from last week's discussion? Which I thought was a really good tie-in for this show. So I'm really glad I remembered it. Which was being able to like, let's say they used a wand. Like, let me just like remove the ability to have an active use of the wand for like maybe a stat increase of some sort. And I thought that's kind of an interesting idea. Like that would be interesting to see how you could sort of do that with probably some of them. I don't know if it would make sense for all of them though. Um, but anyway, there were a lot of different bullet points on the 
combat matter here though what's the phasal so uh so you were mm-hmm. thinking like more um along the lines of like what where they're going is like for example if i have i don't know a great sword you might have like maybe like a base damage increase or a status effect versus it having it be like an actual skill you can yeah. drag to the bar and use right because like, i think they talked at like some point they did talk about like having like they did a tree where you could invest in skill like weapon skills but they didn't really go into whether it was an actually like a new skill or not i would tend to agree because um like one of the things that i I talked about in in like an article previously was like having like an ability bloat problem and if you have like too many different things not only does it create a balancing problem right it also just creates like a, a choice issue and you just end up having like an orgy of choice, right? That you have to make as a player. And that ends up inevitably leading to like skills that are lackluster that nobody's going to choose. And you just, you just waste that development time on, you know, not only developing those skills, but balancing those skills. So I do like the idea of them focusing more on the class kits and then having like another layer of maybe horizontal progression being the like, the passives that you get i think that's a much cleaner approach than than adding just more skills mm-hmm. to the that uh, you have no, to drag to the bar like elder scrolls online i guess that's what you're trying to say the the skill tree of where once you have you have a fixed amount of abilities once you upgraded them or let's say you've tra- chosen your augment um you're able to morph that ability to something else, giving it its passives, a dash yeah. of poison or some, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I think that was a reference point that I had when when I was like envisioning like the system is I really that's the one aspect. I mean, I I didn't go too deeply into ESO. I mean, uh, but I, I would say the like what I did do, I got to a point where I started kind of seeing it that like that level of customization i felt like felt good to me that you could do that and it made me think hey this is feels like how potentially the augment system might work is you have an ability not only to like level up your base skills and like Mm. do something with them but also you know play with the range or play with the status effect or play with the like the damage but have some sort of trade-off with that like um i think like you know the the whole idea of like i I lose the ability to use a wand actively but i gain something else i like that because that gives me Mm -hmm. a choice as opposed to oh i'm have to go with this because it's all it's always going to be a flat damage increase and i have no downside so why wouldn't i take it right that just yeah doesn't make sense to me like you Mm -hmm. In order for it to be a true choice, it's got to be a, a risk and reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I saw some some actual like posts in chat too, like about uh, the archetype discussion about like yeah. So keep in mind for the people that are here that are kind of asking about this. So your your first like big augmentation you're going to experience in Ashes of Creation as a player is going to be number one. There's the eight archetypes right you got eight how you combine those or augment them with the same eight meaning you get to pick one of those eight for each of the class or each of the archetypes you start with so if i start as a tank i can augment with the tank 
or any of the other seven archetypes. And the combinations with those eight is going to give me a very, a very specific class, eight different classes that my primary archetype is capable of being able to have. So your first big augment is literally choosing what you want to augment your primary archetype with via a second archetype, which gives you what they call the class in Ashes of Creation. So you have the capability with your archetype chosen in the beginning to have eight different options for classes with that specific one. That makes sense, right? So that's that's kind of how that rolls, right? So they call archetypes your base and then classes are what you combine the base with via the other eight, right? Or seven verse with yourself. Mm. Yeah. Augmentation's a big one, right? And that's that's one form of augmentation because there's other forms of augmentation that we have yet to fully be able to understand. In fact, we don't even know the full uh, you know, scope in which we will see augmentation even via, even via that that secondary, right? Because we saw the weapon master here rocking it, using a couple different weapons, but we didn't we saw a couple skills in there. Right. I saw him charging around, too, which gave me the animation style of like the great sort of haste back in APOC. So I saw that like sort of like shooting forward, dashing forward sort of thing. We saw this like previously, too. Like, I think we talked about that in the last month's stream where he was showing off seasons. Homie's running around. He's doing these sprints. But there was like a trail being left. And you're going, OK, so there's a charge here on this guy, a charge here on this guy. They have different like visualizations, probably different like mechanics and, and damage types and status effects or whatever that they are capable of doing as well. We just don't know. So we're clearly seeing class kits, which are the different combinations, but which is what Daedalus started by saying, like it was pretty clear that there's like some augmentation that's already being done because they're using the weapon master is an augmentation of the fighter class with the fighter class. So we're, we're already seeing what augmentation is going to look like in the game. We just got two skills, maybe a third, if that was even one with them charging around, I have no idea. Um, I wouldn't be surprised though, considering uh, the circumstances because Fighter is one of the ones that Steven mentioned previously when he even talked about augmentation. He talked about the mage getting augmented by the fighter and how that could potentially change like Link or something like that. So whole big discussion and conversation, right? I'm trying not to get too much into it. We talked about this a little bit last week and augmentation is something that quite literally we could sit here and talk about every single week and we could just run in circles over and over and still have new stuff to talk about because... There's a lot to speculate. We don't know too, too much outside of just yeah. bits and pieces at this point. Um, they haven't showed us one ability since the video that they released, which, which was like the ghost dash that we speculated it would be for the rogue. Oh, uh, yeah, it's true. When was that one? That was like, when the heck was it we saw that? That was a while back, right? That was like... Like was that the weather effect? Was it the that, weather or effect? Like the one? weather effect podcast where he was doing like the he had like the green so. cloud or something. Yeah, yeah. I Is thought it was that one? one. Oh, so that was last yeah, month then. Yeah, that was last yeah. month, if I remember correctly. Because we were like, yes, hey, what are yeah, these yeah. new animations and stuff? So I'm, I'm thinking like, yeah, of a different like one. Kind of a black like green cloud yeah. or something. The green. The it was ultimate green. cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we speculated <laughs> that one. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I'd love to just, this is one of those things I want to get in there and get my hands on it. Cause 
looking at it's one thing, but getting how it feels when you're, you know, you're dashing around and you're, you know, engaging in like the movement as you're attacking with your weapon attacks and those cycling between skills and abilities that you're using um, in combination with weapons, like you got to have your hands on to really know for sure um, exactly how it's going to feel. But so far, so good. I do think that they've been doing a really good job thus far with uh with a lot of what they've um what they've been able to showcase i'm actually a lot happier with the way that fluidity appears right now compared to when we were doing early alpha one because i was not a fan of in either tab or action it didn't matter uh whether we did tab or action combat like i was not a fan of that that like rooted motion i hate it it feels i'm too stuck i don't feel like i have the freedom to of choice in my combat style and it just feels too it just feels too like clunky to me personally but that's just me so let's talk about some of the q a we'll, we'll jump into the basic weapon attack q a okay <clears throat> and if some of these are maybe not not so much for us to talk about i'm just going to shoot through them um this one right here could be a good example so there was the q a of uh can you clarify the upper range of agency versus weight there's a balance between player agency and weapon weightedness. The heavier the weapon is, the more restriction you as a player will have. The range we are seeing, daggers versus longsword, is the spectrum in which the combat system will live within. Cool, right? We kind of talked about that, so I don't think we need to go through that one too much more. Uh, the other one, can the color of the text be customized? And this is what I was hitting on earlier, talking about, uh, you know, you seeing a bunch of like the uh, the numbers popping up on screen. That was one of the examples. I said, when it comes to UI, the whole team agrees player customization options paramount. It is a very subjective thing. So instead of forcing things on a player, they're developing options that the players can influence themselves, which includes color optimization, can include text size, boldness, which information is displayed and location. Thank you. Because usually you got to download add-ons for that kind of shiz. Yeah. And those are important because we all know Sim likes most of the stuff down at the bottom. I like to keep the top nice and clean so I can look at the beautiful landscape and enjoy it. And I have a bunch of shit in my face. Eyeballs. Whatever you call it in-game. Um, I, I thought this was an interesting one. Only because we get back to this conversation point pretty regularly, <laughs> it seems seems like around combat. How much will moving the camera or targeter affect hitboxes? Oh, hitboxes. There we are again, hitboxes. There's a balance in the game design between your movement speed on attack and the movement speed of your opponent. Because the game is PvE-centric, as well as PvP-centric, got him! Combat needs to be blended for both approaches. If you're hampering too much on movement, then that will greatly influence the PvP portion or proportion of the game. So they're trying to keep it more freeform. Curious what freeform will look like when we get our hands on it. If you guys have any thoughts after I get done with these questions and you feel like jumping in and shooting anything in there, feel free to interrupt me. I'm going to bounce through them all because, like I said, we're going to try to get through as much as we can since we're not going to be here next week. I mean, I mean, from the system that they're trying to make, at least for the fighter section, I'm not going to talk about ranged because mm. ranged mm. needs a lot of work. <laughs> um, Agreed. My understanding is that when you do a basic attack, you're basically doing a cone effect that uh, if the enemy's inside it, he gets hit by it. 
So I don't think it matters from if it's tab or what's it called? Um action combat because that's what's going to be designed based off. So certain things are going to be designed based off off of that when it comes to basic attacks. But when it turns into abilities, um I think it's the same principle as well, really. Um, it's not going to be something like chivalry where, oh, let me just move. Uh, my camera, like 90 degrees, would be able to hit my enemy faster. I don't think they're going to do that. <laughs> Hope not. Be I, I guess one thing that this made me think of, and I don't know whether we saw it in the stream or not, I, I can't remember, mm-hmm. um, but did we get like any stance on where they landed with active blocking? Is that still going to be a thing? Because I think that would also have like, you know, when we're talking about like, you know, hit boxes and like, you know, at what point is that if there is an active block or some type of blocking ability, like what's the threshold for that too i mean clearly i think it shouldn't be 360 right it there should be some directional blocking but i don't know whether we got anything definitive on that because i know we're like back and forth and like the you know earlier days when they were iterating on combat but that would be an interesting question maybe for a future stream for them to address is where they're in as they're iterating on combat like what is their stance on blocking um and like how that's going to work is there going to be specific abilities like that are part of like your class kit or is it like a block ability that or parry ability that you get that's like passive or is it Mm. active yeah and i saw that too right there Mm -hmm. thrither was talking about they showed that active block in the showcase where i saw they did okay i I thought i saw that yeah Yeah. because he was like he had his dual dual wheel daggers up or whatever and i even noted that too whenever uh when i did the post show i was like he's he went from having daggers to where he put he put his arms up like he was holding the two-hander but there was like nothing there so it looked like that was like a bug or maybe that hadn't been flushed out yet or whatever but it was like very clearly like a blocking stance with the two two two-hander um, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. But I, it wasn't really called out, so that's mm-hmm. why I was like, "Hmm." Yeah, I was curious about I it. I wonder as well. if they're back on the active block bandwagon or not. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, blood. It can be. It can be an interesting thing, right? But to me, when I see that, it's like they're. If you don't have like some sort of sort of a resource for that, you know, like to where you can kind of like. run out of steam sort of in blocking like it kind of doesn't and they don't want to have a stamina sort of thing so i'm going you know and in in the elder scrolls online like it it's kind of cool but like i've never really felt like to be fair that's an elder scrolls thing though right like i'm not like knocking elder scrolls here that's definitely an elder scrolls thing if you played any elder scrolls games you know for the past like 20 years or something which I say that you're like what Skyrim is the only one that's actually been on for like never mind <laughs> it's a different conversation but that's active blocks has definitely been a part of it other games have done as well it would be interesting to me to see how they would approach utilizing an active block system where it can work effectively and not be this additional thing that they've got to work on balancing that can have problematic influences in the game's combat system that's kind of my concern because usually in an mmorpg where i see that it's just like it's lackluster kind of pointless or it's just kind of a busted system that doesn't really 
work very well. Sometimes meaning it works too well and it kind of bypasses a lot of mechanics you otherwise should have to worry about, or it just is kind of like creating desyncs and things like that. Those have been my experiences. So um could be cool, but we'll have to see. Uh narrower posted this though, and I wanted to read it. How much do you guys, panel, think weapon choice should affect class skills? Should some be better for synergy or should they all have roughly the same viability? Well, here's the thing from my perspective, okay? I'm cool with them having the same level of viability if you, you know, if if you can build that into the weapons skill set somehow. If we're not getting active skills, that's going to be via the passives and points you can put in. But I still think that if it just doesn't make sense to me that someone can mitigate as much damage as a tank who's got a sword and board, let's kick sword out of a shield to block physical damage compared to some other class. Now, however, if you're talking like physical block mitigation for physical damage, perhaps where there's going to be more viable versus like, I don't know, some like sort of magic based, class that's utilizing bubbles that have absorption effects to where it's like absorbing so much you know and maybe that's a little bit better for magic damage or something then i mean i think each should be viable in its in its own regard like bow blocking for me i i I would prefer that weapons uh were utilized to create specific types of synergies that work well with certain skills and or abilities that different class kits could have capability of. Um, and that could be different across different archetype uh, combinations. Um, so maybe like sword and boards are going to be more viable uh, for the tank and its archetype uh, combos but, later. But Sim, ball blocking is, it makes a hundred percent sense. Wait, say that, that, say, that one more, say, say that one more time. Bow blocking makes complete sense because? Because that piece of thread is is like legendary material. It will block anything. <laughs> it is fine. <laughs> What's the legendary material, Faisal? Because you clearly got leaks. What are what is it? What is the what is the legendary material on Vera? <laughs> Oh shit! Are we what? talking about bunny <laughs> bunny sinews or something? What's, what's going on? He's like, oh no, I've got a name and uh, I've got a name of material. What the hell do they have on there? We haven't gotten there yet, uh, right? Bunny Listen, hair man, thread. If the, if the okay, I was thinking twine. maybe the hamstrings of his enemies. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of shrooms. I ain't gonna lie. Shrooms. <laughs> oh. My, oh. I don't think okay. mushrooms make I'm not very making good the thread. connection, it's, otherwise, mm. unless you're like dipping into the shrooms. I don't know. <laughs> that's why. That's why you think, Sim. You don't know the power. Um, that's why you don't have the ball, Sim. <laughs> Wait, I don't know the power. I don't have. I don't know the power of what. The 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 blocking with the ball, though. <laughs> Is it the art? Can you can one only understand and or harness the power of the bow if they have eaten those mushrooms? Maybe the only thing yes they no. can harness. The power yes and of no. The bow. <laughs> like this is this sounds like a bad trip, bro. I'm just gonna tell you. <laughs> it sounds like so many arrows. Yeah, so <laughs> many arrows. <laughs> Oh man, string oh, dot goodness. dot dot. Fungus doesn't make string. I'm just saying, unless there's, it could, and I guess you know, if the cap's got like certain fibers to it, I suppose 
it's a fantasy world. It could, you know, you can create your own damn creatures as long as you can explain the stuff and things. Am I right? They don't need it, to explain it, shit. It, what do you mean? He's like, I'm just tripping. Say it's magic. It doesn't it's have fine. to make sense. What are you talking about? <laughs> say it's magic. You'll be fine. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's magic. It's, it's magic. Right. Mushrooms. <laughs> But like on on the question, I did have a point on this because I, yes. I I do I, I think they talked about it a little bit on the stream where mm-hmm. like you know crafters have an opportunity with any weapon to put any stat on it. Um, one thing that I think will make things interesting is you know, I feel like the weapon should have some influence on playstyle. So if you're I don't know, for example, like a battle mage, right? You're not, you may use a staff, you may use swords, you may use like a wand or what have you, right? And, but I do feel like there, there's got to be like some level of flexibility and trade-off in playstyle. Not to say that you're locking somebody out to say, oh, hey, it's not the illusion of choice, right? Which is like, Everybody can use everything, but really, you're never going to be like want to be a fighter with a wand, right? For example, or you can be a rogue um, with a wand. I'm sorry, or a rogue with a wand. Uh, hello, uh, I basically rocked. I, I basically played like that in APOC, baby. Come on, yeah, oh, that's what I'm saying. Is I I think I think there should be like viable like risk and reward with each yeah, weapon. Agreed. And it shouldn't solely be based on stats, right? If I really think I agree. like my character, regardless of what it is, needs to have a staff, mm-hmm. right? It could be a strength staff. I could, but again, I think the the stats could affect exactly like you said, is if I have like a higher strength, for example, I might be able to do more damage or block more damage. Yeah. If if there's any blocking ability, whether it's active or not, that's a different conversation. But still, it's like, I think there's got to be, again, some sort of horizontal progression built into the weapon choice too, in addition to like, having that be part of like, you know, having some synergy with your class kit. And I think there shouldn't necessarily, and and I don't know the, how realistic this is, but I'm yeah. hoping there isn't necessarily like any like super bad choices. Um, I, I think there's going to be maybe things that aren't optimal, but I think even in those situations where there is a more optimal choice, I've seen players do really good things and I don't mean like game breaking things, but I mean being really creative and using their skills. And I would like to see that level of flexibility in the game too, to say like, hey, somebody, you know, like it might not be optimal. I don't know for a fighter to use a staff. Let's just use throw that out there for argument's sake. But somebody might make it work, right? And somebody might be, hey, a really good like monk, right? Depending on what their augmentations are as a base fighter. So I think that is where i feel like the sweet spot is going to be is is having choices that have risk versus reward with the weapons too and have that be like a horizontal progression aspect because i think that would make it most interesting again not sure how realistic that is but if they're really saying hey we don't want to limit your choices just make sure you're there's a good like risk versus reward trade-off otherwise you're still going to get that that meta um, yeah. that's going to crop up. Yeah, I wanted to say something too because last week when we or was it last week? Or was it last week we talked about this or was it week before? I remember. Well, but I remember because Faisal, we were talking about this, right? We talked about 
uh, like uh, having like a classic could do a stun. Remember we talked oh, about this. Yeah. We, were, we were talking about like, you know, thinking this is like back to a couple weeks, but like um, we talked about it's how basically like, yeah. uh, me saying that mm-hmm. certain classes should have special abilities. Some right. Cla- right. Uh, not all classes should have stuns yeah. on the specific ones. Like exclusive to like maybe a specific class, like or archetype yeah. specifically, right? So I actually thought about this and I was like, dude, we were talking about this. I think it was uh, Glund on, uh, he was here in chat. I don't know if he's still here now, but over on YouTube, it mentioned, hey, I'm really down with this too. I really like the idea in Ashes of being able to like spec into more strength with like a physical class, like someone who could do a stun. Like perhaps mm-hmm. if you were to ha- build more strength, you could stun potentially longer or have more of an effective stun. But then that would come at a cost to like, well, if I'm a tank and I'm building into more strength, I'm doing more damage. Maybe I could stun longer. I got more agency in that regard. But like that could come at a cost of like me having uh, stats I could dump into for more mitigation. And that's a really good example of player agency and risk versus reward where like my choices are impactful and really make a, you know, really like impact uh, my my gameplay and my style. And so I might be running something similar as like another person, but if I stack a lot more strength, like the, the you know, the pro is like, I'm going to potentially stun longer and it could be more effective, but like uh, maybe I don't mitigate as much damage either. And that's like the cost for that sort of decision. So anyway, that sort of stuff was like, it was just a really cool, I was like really like thinking about that. And I was like, I've really got to like make sure I talk about that because it just came to mind. And well, one, one point mm-hmm. I want to make before we move on is this, yeah. and not to say that like in practice, New World did anything that was sustainable, but I think in theory, like how they built out like the weapon, like the weapon progression was you, used a weapon, you gained skills, and if you dumped, like, as you leveled or, you know, you had certain skills you could get, mm-hmm. and the more you, like, went down a weapon tree, the more kind of different, like, passives and things you got. Now, granted, there was still, like, larger issues with that system, but I think in theory, that's kind of how I'm envisioning, like, a good way to do it, where it's if if you're maybe dumping skill points, if, if you're not dumping, but you're making a choice to put skill points in a particular weapon type because yeah. you want to make that maybe you know better or create some sort of synergies like having like different like pips that you kind of like put points into and it gives you kind of tiers of passives or i don't want to say abilities but you know passives or effects or something i think mm. that would be good um and also like honestly like looking at stats too like if you had a certain amount of strength or something um you know that could give you passive abilities too so that was like i would say somewhat of what you know, like new world um you know allowed you to do i think you got pardon me i think i confused it but you, your weapons gave you different skills as you leveled them then your stats gave you these different passives so like higher strength you had kind of you know a, an ability to do certain things mm-hmm. versus intelligence and so on so I think mm. um, I think that kind of thing I think would be good and it'd be again another layer of progression. It's like if I want to be, you know, a tank class, you know, what what's going to be the right mix of, for argument's sake, strength and stamina uh, in terms of being like an off tank versus a full tank versus you know somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. Um... 
reading over some of the other question points here as you were talking about that. And I saw this one. And it was the last one on their list about it was previously stated that any class combination could use any weapon. Are there problems foreseen because of this? And they were like, no. And here's here's the good one, man. Oh, this is going to make Day Day over here pretty happy. There's a lot of flexibility built into the crafters of the game. They can define stat blocks of particular gear, and that stat block can be relevant to any particular class or archetype combination. In that sense, no, there shouldn't be anything that dissuades any class choice. I just love hearing that because what I'm hearing is, you know, there's going to be a lot of player agency and the crafters are going to be able to have a really big impact on the way or the types of different like builds and theory crafted sort of like sets and combinations we're going to be able to come up with. It's not as much about necessarily just like augmentation system or just weapon, but it's the damn gear that you choose as part of that dynamic as well. That's going to play a big factor. And the beautiful thing is that the crafters, the master crafters probably are going to have a lot of agency over helping people to essentially establish the types of builds they're probably looking to create. That's what you know, I'm not going to lie to him. Yes. When you, when you said like crafters determine uh, what's the stats and stuff. Yes. In my mind, they would create a huge S wand and call it the staff and gives it to the, to the mage it's just <laughs> or, or like a huge s1 just gives it to the fire yep that's yeah. that's your pole that's your pole <laughs> <laughs> nice nice but you, you know what my my favorite line out of the stream on this subject was from steven what crafters make the best shit yeah i know right mm. i was like yes that dude. was great that was so great yeah <laughs> And they did when they put it on YouTube. They actually did bleep it out, and then they bleeped it again because, like, Maggie's like, "Oh, I have to hit this," but she was like about three seconds too late. That's good. <laughs> that's really good. I just think that that's super important, man. Like for real, uh, just being able to have that kind of agency to where we're gonna as crafters be able to really determine a lot of that. And that's the thing. And it, there was also a question that was in there somewhere. He said a statement around this, right? where he was talking about, you know, essentially like uh, the gear in the game, you know, like there's going to be the stuff that drops. He had, what was he say? Adventure gear is always good. Adventure, Adventure gear. gear yeah. Right. Yeah. But like he kind of came back to the strong focus on the craft of stuff. It's a good shit. Yeah. And the crafting gear too. And that whole like system that he t talked about with you can activate like a craft or an artisan mm -hmm. piece versus another one. Yeah. Th there was, there was some nerd bonerage happening at that yes. point in time yep. for me. The, yeah. You know where I nerd bonered out a little bit was whenever they were talking, one of the, one of the guys that was on there talking about crafting skills is they were talking about how they were creating a tool so that the team could utilize this tool to create and tweak abilities, skills and or abilities. And I was like, Ooh, I want to hear more about that really badly right now. Like, I want to know my theory crafter brain is going, uh, what's what, how's this tool work? Like, how can that, that be utilized by different people? Like what's it capable of? What are its implications? That, that, that gives me like an insight for enchanters to tweak those abilities. Yeah, that that's definitely like, I mean, there's like what, potentially what are the levers you can use not only as a developer right but also 
a developer in combination with what you can tweak as a crafter, I think was, mm, was yeah. really good. Yeah, for real. So anyway, there was a question about, will different races have different animations for combat? And the answer is like, no, because it's a lot of shit to have to develop. And I think that they said that like, there's certain things that come to like their posture and things for races that are going to be what sort of is there. And I, I feel it, man. Like, I mean, it's sure it's cool in a perfect world to like, have like different animations, but that's like a lot, man. You're talking like a lot of skills, classes, and you got to tie in the races and make it to where they all have very specific and unique styles of that. Like that's a lot to, to do. Um, so there was that one, there was the zooming out of the camera, which I thought was really good too. Talking about like being able to mag zoom, also being able to be up close. Um, I thought that was good that you saw them zooming out really far and seeing that there was going to be that capability as well. So that was really, really awesome character stuff let's talk about this real quick while we got some time here there was a little bit of a leak we're, we're gonna veer over away from the combat talk you see this gnarly mofucker steven shared something about this this dread crawler boss that's in the desert that will be president Eat. alpha 2 you see that thing yes. shooting from his forehead with the flaps open. We don't see exactly how big a person is next to this, but I'm going to go with probably toe. Hopefully. Yeah. Are you ready for the lore bit? This was like such a subtle lore drop and Skylar got it on here perfectly, right? It's a living weapon used by the ancients in order to defeat certain cities in the world. He said they did this both by burrowing below cities and coming up out the ground within the castle while outside sources attacked the perimeter or he could be used as a war machine to just demolish the walls to allow for legions to make their way in. This is quite literally one of the behemoths that we heard about in the apocalypse. That behemoths were utilized to take out the cities, like some of the castles and stuff, the last strongholds of people that were left behind this is one of the damn behemoths, man. Yep. That's you, you know what it makes me cool. think of? What's up? I, I hear this. I hear this and I think that would be a really cool event. Oh, my god! Where you have like an age, ancient uprising, like you open up something and all of a sudden you got the dread crawler posse up all up in your business. I mean, I just I just that would be fantastic. You imagine they probably make everybody crap thing? their pants, but still it'll be fantastic <laughs> just to see that happen. Imagine a metropolis that exists and somehow you trigger an event and this thing's trying to freaking destroy the city. Yeah. Ooh boy. What is this, Magisto? I thought we were bros. Can't wait to fight this in Alpha 2 as long as Sim doesn't ninja the loot. Maybe Asher the Creation needs to make sure the damn loot system is in the game by then. How about that? Steven? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, but hey, regardless <laughs> if they make it or not, you're just going to steal it. No, it's not true at yes. all. Mm -hmm. I could bet you putting the like the setting on where you get all the loot sim. 
See, the thing is, is you all is self-fulfilling prophecy because you all are saying stuff that makes me feel like I want justice. And I feel like the only way to get justice is to take your shit. And the problem is, is I would be doing only the thing that you all are saying and accuse me of to begin with. Feels like some orc mischief to me. Yo, hello. Look at that pretty face. The flaps open up, shoot stuff out at you. Homie. <laughs> Yikes, yo, yikes. That's, that's this is a combination of things and it's scary. I'm not gonna lie. <sighs> I mean, he's got like this, like he looks or it looks like it's kind of got that scorpion vibe thing going on, but this thing is clearly armored. Yeah, it's almost lizard like, but it reminds me of the ancients because, like, it's got you know what I mean, like, with just like the way the, the grill has got those, it's got that pretty mouth oh, for yeah, one. Yeah. It's armored, and it's got these daggum, like, Doc Ock tentacles. Who knows how long those things stretch out for? Question mark. That thing's happening. Imagine getting snatched up and flail around in them. <laughs> they flail around and get eaten in front yeah. of the entire party. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not my idea of a good time. Yeah. There's the render, restoring, man. Restoring half of its HP. That's three-dimensional, oh, man. That... Oh man, that would be super horrible. Yeah, the such a seductive smile. <laughs> oh geez, that if, if that was trying to seduce me, and there would be a girly scream happening. I'm yeah, telling you that right now. So it's a pucker up buttercup <laughs> moment right there. You can get some get snipped off by those. That's pretty gnarly, man. So we got to see the um, which was interesting because they had the same thing happen to the pyray. We saw the my rape, uh, the pyrae male in the game. We saw the renders that Steven had sort of like shared. And I tried to share those as well, but I couldn't share the female one because if you've got FY, if you have a community server like our Discord is or like Ashes of Creations is, you can't post it in there because Discord's bot thinks it's a nude person. True story. So the female Remember one of, linked. one of the old Siege um, equipment that you're able to use where it's a wheel. Imagine if that was the creature that started that elevation, where oh it just God, turns dude. into a wheel and destroys whatever it's in its path. Oh or it climbs the walls. Oh, <laughs> dude, climb the walls. That would be just... that's That'd be like some next-level shiz, man. Also, this armor set that we're showcasing here, this was the mantle of the Radiant Grove. I, I, I'm, I, I'm so glad I got weapons. this set. This looks so badass. Like the sword, especially. Yeah, same. And dude. honestly, the staff. I mean, like, it's I know, simple, like, but yeah. it's simple, but it's again, I, it's like that attention to detail for mm, sure. Yeah. I agree. I, I regret not buying this. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm yeah. pretty sure I did. And just because it had like such a really cool, like, fall vibe to it. But this was back in 2020, December, November, December. You know what else is really cool? The cursed charger, the kitty that we've seen that they had in the game. It was back there, back in alpha. Got a freaking facelift. The kitty looks different. Jensi went back in and did a new update to this, the model for this cat, dude. And I actually like it. Oh, it's yeah. different. Yeah. His ears aren't as floppy. They're not like directly to the side now. They're like more up. It's not mm -hmm. as bulky either. I'm just yeah, curious what people think. The striping on it is fantastic. I mean, wow. And, you know, and the versions of it, too. Yeah, yeah, man. I think that's a spring curse charger. 
Yeah, and then they got like the freaking that one's looking like probably desert or something. Just looks really cool. Mm-hmm. And there's like our traditional. I do, traditional I do like the spikes as well, how that changed. It like it feels like spikes, like uh, Barbs or it's something. not mm-hmm. thick. It's like small little needles. Yeah, it's kind of what I got from it too. It kind of looked like a barbed tail and they kind of on the back of the above the above the neck on the, like around the main area where the main would be it's almost like it's a replacement for the main of it but that was pretty cool I, I liked it a lot they've done some good work you know what character model we haven't seen at this point now for the races at this point fucking tolnar tolnar that's <laughs> it we've literally hit every race now is that crazy have we minus tolnar yeah one two three yeah we got the hippie dwarves yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah we got every race yep. cool. yeah that's crazy though right that we're actually at that point where we've gotten all of the races we've seen the male to female versions we've seen that's crazy <laughs> i know the only ones tolnar now i mean i think we're getting closer to architecture for about all of them i think at this point we've seen yeah we've seen we've seen kind of what they're going for not not from you know level one all the way up to metropolis level yet or anything but we've seen some some have we seen all the elves yeah wait yeah because we've got no we haven't seen Hyrian. it well we haven't seen the latest imperian though true yeah true true because what we got in alpha one was pretty pretty basic by <laughs> design you mean you mean character model right yeah, character model. Yeah, we, we did, haven't seen. I don't the, know. We did see around. Was it before the character creator where they were showing it off? And it, but it was like very basic, very very basic. Yeah, I think I think it was just their first iteration because there was yeah. like an ability in Alpha One to select an elf, right? So you got yeah. something, but it was very like basic, and it honestly looked very human like versus like Pyre, which definitely feels unique in terms of like their their look and feel so i expect there's gonna be like in a future update they're gonna do that i don't know how soon but uh yeah that was one i'm i'm really itching to see like how they do that versus like how they differentiate that from the pyre because the pyre is like it it blew me away and i think especially like what they're what they're showing or what they showed on the stream like even it live in there i'm like that was that was that was that was good product placement steven well done Mm -hmm. yeah we've (laughs) seen a lot of like we saw like so many assets for like the dunier and Mm -hmm. empyrean elves and some some for kalar human as well we haven't really Mm -hmm. seen outside that much so i feel like at this point that's probably going to be like tying in the races the eight and like their architecture and stuff i don't know where we're going to be with all that. Can we also talk about what Steven stated? I want to uh, quote. He he quoted equal opportunity sliders because people were going, you know, these character models look tasty, but uh, there ain't a whole lot of booty there on the male or the female. Yeah. When I'm a little bit more voluptuous, do you? Packet sliders, booty sliders, booby sliders. Mm-hmm. Into the gargantuan. Into the you like like a like a low profile. You look, 
I'm using I words that are appropriate. How to even it's, talk about this? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> My mind is going somewhere that is, is beyond PG right now. See, so. <laughs> who's the dark one here? Hmm. I'm just presenting. I'm words. sorry. It's the, it's the red light in my eyes. That's, that's what's happening. Mm, this is not me. I do not cause this. Can't blame this on me. All right, gentlemen, we got Q and A stuff. Um, there, there's a good number of Q and A here. It's not actually too too much. We're gonna hit on them and go through them quickly. I'd appreciate it if you gentlemen would try not to paint any false narratives for me when we get to some of these. Okay, thanks. Any plans to have the wind in selling? Ninja looting. God damn it, Sim. <laughs> There's nothing. I haven't even touched touched anything. Uh, yes, there is wind. It is an important component of the open sea. Based on the composition of the wind in the open sea will influence the speed and direction that a boat is traveling in. That can be an important strategic component when talking about timing for trade runs or location with respect to target at sea. This creates a more fluid and dynamic decision-making process when you are at sea. That sounds a lot like roads for caravans. That's what I'm hearing. So it's going to be interesting to see how it is that you're able to identify the wind direction and sort of capitalize on that when you're out and about. Would it be given to a specific class? It just sounds like speed and direction will impact the boat travel, right? So I'm thinking you're going against versus with the wind. Um, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, they just need to put a flag on the ship to really see where mm -hmm. the wind is going. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can put it on your bunny pack too. Just have that at you all times. I'm done with that. <laughs> no, none of this. Bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next one. What are were are your plans so far for color and dye systems? This was actually an interesting one. Impure or Intrepid Studios wants to be given or able to give players the ability to change the appearance of their armor sets. The way that they have an approach on this is a two-channel die system. Curious what people think about this. I saw some objections. I actually think it works well. First channel is lower grade die that has influence on 10 to 20% of the armor appearance. And the second channel is a higher tier die that you have you have to acquire that you can then influence the remaining 30% of your armor. They're not allowing individual dies to be used on individual gear components, but instead they keep the cohesion across the set you're wearing. Also, yeah. as you all reminded me, please do not forget that there are special dies in the Kickstarter packages. So curious what those are going to actually be. Well, let me let me just get this straight. So, mm -hmm. if I use a die, I'm not using it at a component. I'm using it for the entire set. Looks, yeah, it's not for a component. It sounds like it's going to have an effect on ten to twenty percent of your armor for the lower grade die. And the second channel is a higher tier die that you have to acquire that you can influence the remaining thirty percent of your armor. So. When it says 10 to 20% of your armor appearance, like, and then you hear influence the remaining 30% of your armor, it doesn't sound like you're going to actually be able to. Yeah, so that's a good way of putting it. You're using it on the character, not the item. Yeah. So it's okay. sort of like, yeah, that makes sense. It reminds me a little bit of what the Elder Scrolls Online does, except in there you can. 
but still you can do like each individual piece of armor with specific dies, but you still can only impact certain parts and percentages of materials, different colors of more, more potent on certain materials than other ones are. So you have like two different reds and they've got, so this is one of the things that were, I, I mean, it makes sense. It's not a, that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it totally makes sense. And it, he did note, it sounds like the reasoning for this is they want to make sure that you don't have people running around looking like clowns in a game and it's immersion sort of breaking. Yeah. I can appreciate that. I just wonder if it's going to be too restrictive or if it'll allow enough agency to actually make some impact on what you got. You know, I mean, curious. it really comes down to testing. It sure does. I guess. Mm-hmm. And sure and I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I'm gonna beat an artist when it comes to that. So <laughs> if he's gonna restrict me to certain colors, I think I think I'm cool with it. <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a fan of sending the clowns like die ability, but yeah. I I tend to agree with some of the feedback in chat and and what you've said too. It, it does on paper feel a little restrictive. I'd like to see it, you know, Faisal, good point testing. Let's yeah, test it out. Absolutely. And I'm I'm thinking too what might be a way to think about it. And and maybe they're that's what they're thinking, but I feel like you might um you might benefit from having maybe color families for certain types of gear. So that you minimize that instead of just having it just be like a flat percentage. But again, I don't know how far along they are with this die system, you know, how far they've been iterating. But it seems to me I would err on the side of like just a little more flexibility and have it be like, okay, this type of armor has these types of like base colors. And you, you more limit like the you know, hot pinks and the neon greens versus the bright versus it being, yeah. Like the really like loud stuff, because I think in, in other games where you've had die systems, like you can kind of, if you keep it in a color family, you can still kind of get like a good effect with having colors that are maybe more contrasting than, and, and those still end up being looking, at least in my opinion, looking more complimentary um versus having it like be open season for you know mm-hmm. orange boots and green pants and hot pink you know capes mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense like city of heroes yeah i was like thinking that too with like the skills uh with the effects and stuff like that it's like kind of bright but it makes sense in a game like that right because like, yeah it does styles... yeah i mean it fits there i right. think i absolutely agree I know they're there. It may be airing on the side of a little more control. So, and I actually, I'm okay with that approach because it gives them some flexibility, maybe to like push the envelope a bit more and a bit more before it gets into like, you know, Pennywise status (laughs) in terms of, in terms of color schemes. So I do, I don't mind that. I just hope in like in testing, we do end up, being able to get more flexibility and they come up with a, a cr- more creative solution um, to like the problem of minimizing the amount of immersion breaking um, mm. die choices. <laughs> there was like, now I want to make a <laughs> Tolnar Pennywise. 
we're we're not gonna hit all these there was a question on there about you expect most players that want to fail to get one and the main thing was like it's really tough every player who wants to achieve that will be able to but it's going to be a very it's not going to be cake right you're not just gonna be able to have one super fast and easy you're gonna have to work pretty hard to get it which was good to hear um there was like stuff on the flooding kind of caused by heavy rain snow melting storms rivers uh and rougher water on the ocean opposite droughts so basically will we see that sort of stuff so there's not been any work done on that yet but teams talked about potential of including flooding having certain submergible areas that flex between underwater environments and non-water environments for dungeons wouldn't be present alpha 2 but maybe something we explore that was really cool like, I liked hearing that, like the idea of submerging certain areas in water. It doesn't sound like a when the game launches sort of thing. This sounds like one of those things that like maybe post-launch you see it in sort of like a DLC or a part of expansion content or something. Um, mm. There was also a question on like foliage and like being able to turn it off. The the long and short of it is like, no, you're not because they're not going to give advantages like that to people um, that just want to like turn off certain things. So, um, you know, if someone's trying to hide in a bush, well, you might be able to do it, but obviously there's ways that you're going to get caught doing it as well. Um, and it's not going to be one of those things where like, well, let me just see where they're at by turning my settings down. Like you're going to have to goes back to that philosophy of like situational awareness, paying attention to your environment. Really like hearing that. Um, we already talked about the weapon stuff and they, they talked about, would we ever see like, um, is the team like open to like server rollbacks? And the, the main thing is like, that's only something they're really going to see doing in big emergencies. It sounds like their focus is more on, um, really just trying to iterate cautiously along the way. Also, I think with Unreal Engine 5, that's not something you're going to have to see as nearly as likely either. Um, just because of the fact that, also, with games like MMORPGs, you don't really usually have to do rollbacks unless like someone's just really not doing a good job of paying attention along the way. And you make mistakes here and you make some more mistakes, keep iterating. And then it's like, well, we need to go back this far. And it's like, oh, well, we're going to have to delete player stuff as part of that. That's what PTSs are for, right? Public test servers. You go, you work on stuff. You check it out there before you make it live. That's also something that wasn't really hit on, but that's usually what helps to avoid that type of stuff happening. Um, there's character or caravan attackers. Um, I, I didn't really think that was really a, too big of a thing for us to talk about because that's more of a lot, uh, more of an opt-in thing. There's a question. <clears throat> If looting rights are based on a blended tag and damage done system, will there be any mechanics in place to ensure tanks and healers have an equal shot, even if they have not dealt as much damage? They said there's a reason for blended approaches in order to give additional benefits to those which are not DPS oriented. Right. I think he also expanded upon this and talked a bit more about like the last hit perspective and percentage of damage for loot rules uh, when people are sort of competing over something in the world. Um, definitely go back and check the stream for that because he kind of chat on that a little bit longer. But long and short of it is it's most merit. That's what I hear. So, um, and you know, you I know wonder... there's something I'm hearing, though, right now, I'm, I'm hearing the sound of. Sims ninja looting dreams getting crushed right now. A little bit. <laughs> That's not what's know. going on. It's I saw that there was a looting rights question, and I was hesitant to even talk about anything with looting rights because you all are gonna probably take that and somehow, you know, use it against me. For example, it just happened. 
And I even there wasn't anything in there about ninjing loot. See, I wonder. I wonder if yes, two parties Basil. were in a dungeon. Um, if I kill the other party, yes, do I get more percentage of the loot? That's that's that is something I've wondered about uh, when we talk about the open world dungeon stuff. Yeah. That's something I've wondered about. That's one of the things I've wondered about for a long time, um, especially as you progressively could get deeper into a dungeon and it gets more mm-hmm. difficult Then the question of like, uh, if someone's fighting it, we wipe them out, we take over the tag they've worked on progressing so far. Like, will the difficulty level of that thing somehow change because now we've taken over? Like, how do they sort of manage that and the loot and not like, get kind of wonky with it. So that kind of ties into one of those things I've wondered about for a while too. Um, it's a good question though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, last question on the list here, friends. We've managed to cram all this in so we don't miss out on too much when we get back next time. So we still get our next show in prior to probably their live stream and actually get in more community oriented stuff. Right. But this one was, will gear for artisans be strong enough to defend against an equal level player who is combat geared. The gear for artisans is going to live alongside your adventuring gear. You will have artisan oriented gear. Listen to this, that you are wearing similar to undergarments. You can activate during artisan activities for alpha two. There will be a few sets. This is still a hot topic at the studio. Hello. Are you telling me there's gear that we might be able to have that you're going to be testing in Alpha 2 that could potentially help benefit artisan classes to be more better at their craft? And you don't have to hold it in your inventory. That's like, I literally was like, hell yes, at this point. Yes. Because you don't have to have like three sets of gear. I mean, you might. But in terms of like, if you want to do artisan stuff along adventuring stuff, mm-hmm. not having they use that bag space for an Oof. extra gear set to do artisan stuff, that is a stroke yes. of mo freaking genius. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. Some quality of life, man. I'm telling you, because I yeah, I hate having to carry a lot of gear around. Like you, you. You people give me a hard time. Okay. You all give me a hard time about the fact that I have a lot of stuff in my inventory. And it's true. Okay. I have a hard time managing my bag space sometimes. Okay. Order. Hold on. It's not a hoarder thing. (laughs) It is a problem sometimes. But I want you to understand something. When you play a game like World of Warcraft and you PvP, you tank, and you heal, okay, and you've got PvE and PvP sets, it's not my fault. The game is designed this way. My bag space is only full in World of Warcraft. May it rest in peace when I used to play. Because there's so many sets I have to have to function, and I try to go to the damn bank every five minutes to change that shit out, I keep it on hand. So my bag space in World of Warcraft is only full as a result of that. And that is a true statement. There are some other things in there, quest-oriented, that have been working on for a long time, but it doesn't matter because the game's dead for me, right? So it doesn't matter. But my point is, it isn't the truth all the time. Also, I'm going to read some of this shit in chat because I see you all adding me, talking your smack, giving me a hard time. Let's read this bullshit. So, Sim is playing a DPS, so he always gets loot rights, so he doesn't have to ninja loot anymore. Uh, Can't confirm or not anything, I'm just saying... That would be fair if that were to be what happens. Daedalus, try not to hide behind the mic and laugh. Thanks. Okay. Toxic Cape says some work. Does Steven mention about the item drop rates? 
It's a rare thing to get drops, gold, cash, materials, doesn't count on, or will be forced to clean my inventory like in New World every 30 minutes. That's a... That's, uh, I don't that's, think you'll get ore from monsters unless if they were mm-mm. mid-tier or higher, I guess. Like certain monsters, I think, not all of them. Other than that, you have to go get it from the ore vein. That's my yeah. assumption. Uh, I would. I don't know whether they're planning to do like junk materials that are just vendor trash. But if they do do it, I hope yeah. they they have very high stack counts and there isn't like yeah. so many different kinds of things that you get if you kill like one mob versus another. Because that and way that, that was bad way. Sand. Remember, too? feels bad. Yeah, the, yeah. That, I always hated that concept of junk items. And you just sell them off to NPCs. I'm like, why am I selling this? Why? why what's the yeah, purpose? Just give me more coin. Yeah, that's honestly, yeah. I feel the same. I'm gonna hit on some of these questions and chatter points. Also, Cheryl, I see you talking about like you know, it's in every game now with loot. So it's not my fault they build horrible loot systems in their games. Okay, it's not me. It's them. It's the developers making the same bad choices, right? Listen, Sim, no. you're going to World of Warcraft. Like my my Hell grandfather no. used to play that. You're telling them to innovate. Excuse you. <laughs> I feel like I just got called old somehow. somehow. Yes. Damn you. <laughs> Damn you, social bunny. <laughs> okay, uh, here's the other one. So DN Frozen basically is saying I still have to carry the loot. I don't really understand this false narrative you guys are intent on uh, whatever. Fine. I'm Scoot. So here's one. So something I've been wondering about, how important is voice over to you? Man, I got to say, I really enjoy voiceover on critical quests, dungeons, etc. Last time I checked years ago, the voiceover was going to be minimal. Has that changed? I'm afraid it has not changed. However, it does sound like something that Steven and the team are like wanting to incorporate. Yeah, I think they want that in. I just don't think we're going to get it at launch. They also I mean, talked I'm about gonna... cutscene stuff too, so we'll probably get it in that. But not in like I'm not gonna lie. Dialogue, yeah. Let them focus on the game. Finish yeah. that. Yeah. Th- th- then they can work on voiceovers. World like of- very honest opinion. <laughs> I, I mean, agree. They, they've got some people with talents that can do good cutscene stuff, right? And and I think yeah. you know, if they have that in there, like you said, for big story points, I think that's probably doable but like a yeah. fully voiced game a la like elder scrolls online yeah no I, I don't honestly ever see that happening like if they get the story right um and they focus on those big story points i i think they'll be fine i mean frankly mm-hmm. like world of warcraft to this day still lacks like voiceover content for the majority of their quests that's true initially you didn't get any of that stuff either in the beginning yeah you didn't get that initially either right yeah yeah so i don't think i don't think it's at least for me i don't think it's a dissatisfier i'm actually okay with minimal voices voice stuff it just i know i'm i i think that's good for single player games it doesn't really work as well in an mmo yeah or and i guess in my opinion it doesn't yeah it has to be done like really well too like it can't just yeah you got to do it really well if you're going to do it in an mmo in my opinion and sell it but also yeah like critical quests like the big quests and things like that where you have like your main protagonist in the story like that makes sense to me or you're like you know bumping heads with the main antagonist and things like that sure 
Like that would make sense. Those big narrative points. Right. And that might be something for cutscenes as well. Um, but I think one of the like nice middle grounds between like, I got to read all the quests and everything versus hear all the stuff said to me is, is those little bits and pieces of like, you go talk to which world of Warcraft did this. And a lot of other games do too. You go up and you talk to a quest giver. It's like fare thee well or whatever, you know, or zug zug, or you go up and you hear these like small little sort of like interactable uh, voices that come when you just go to interact with them. And it gives you a bit of a sense of like the personality of the character and it's, it's small, but I do feel like it helps to sort of bridge that gap when you've got a game that doesn't have like a lot of, a lot of voice dialogue and stuff in the quests and things of that nature as well. So, yeah. I mean, voice dialogue in general is always a plus. It's never yeah. a negative. And you got to do it right um, too. Cause you just can't be like this generic ass. There's not like some, you know, like you got to sell the character, man. It just can't be like, but, Hi, I'm here to read this quest dialogue to you, and I think that if you go all the way to the south, there will be something to pick up on there. Okay, bye. Like, that isn't really... I'm not really too interested in even hearing what you have to say. I'm probably skipping through it, right? So what they're saying in that quest and in that dialogue is as important as being able to get the voiceover for me. Like, it's got to... And you got the really cool dialogue, and then the voice has got to equally sell, like, the... Uh, personality and the investment and things like that so yeah yeah so there you go there's that so we're going to continue with the ashes post show the pathfinder post show rather since uh i do those sometimes usually after not always depending on how i'm feeling but basil is probably getting a little cozy time for sleepy because it's late where he I'm is about right to now. Press out. i know buddy i know you're a trooper man <laughs> yelp us carry it through since we're not going to be here next week though gentlemen Everybody, been great having you here. It's literally always a pleasure. Really appreciated it. Uh, it was a really good time. We'll be picking this one up again as a reminder. The next week on the tenth, Sunday the tenth, we will not be having the Pathfinder podcast. You will see Ashes HQ YouTube every other day, rolling all the way throughout the next two weeks. Even though we're going to be missing it on the tenth, you will see those vods going there. You just won't get a show next week on the 10th. We'll be back on the 17th. Okay. For episode 185. But gentlemen, why don't you shout out your domains? Go data list and phase. let people know where they can find you when you are not on this show. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash the Ashen Herald and on ashes HQ as data True story. Absolutely. Faisal. Where can they find you? Guys you guys can find me on Twitch as Faisal108 and on Twitter as Bagel108. Where he actually is tweeting, dude. I saw you. I saw you <laughs> tweeting to Ashes stuff too, homie. Look at you. Little bunnies uh, all grown up and shit. What's going on? Better be getting good with that daggum Twitter, man. You're going to run a cafe soon or something. You're going to need to be busting in. Get your social medias working, baby. Everybody been a damn good show what a dang developer live stream we had we'll be catching up with you on the 17th friends always a good time remember you don't have to be on this show to be a pathfinder and in fact right you don't even have to be here on twitch we love it when people are here live but if you watch the podcast anywhere here youtube you listen to it any of the places you're in the discord you're part of the homie group and you're here with us on this journey you are also an ashes pathfinder so much love to all of you all much love to intrepid studios until well not next week but 
the 17th on Sunday. Until then, you all have a great night and week or two. Walk in the light. And friends, we will be catching up with you real soon. Much love, everybody. We'll catch up with you shortly. Good night. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. That's just for some org.